0: Hi, this is Stephanie Hansen with The Makers of Minnesota. And if you're like many of the entrepreneurs that I talk to, social media gives you a pit in your stomach. It's a chore. You don't like it. It's hard to figure out what you're going to post about. I'm telling you, I love it. I love it. And I'm good at it. And I will help you be good at it too. If you need help with your social media strategy, or you just want someone to do it for you, I am your gal. I am taking on some new clients for 2021. And really, we need to get prepared because all of a sudden, business is going to start humming along again. And I would love to help you have new followers and new pairs of eyes on your accounts so that you are ready to take the world by storm. I can do press releases. I can help you have a public relations strategy, or I can just simply help you do social media to get it off your plate so you are not dreading it every day. Feel free to reach out to me at S Hansen, H A N S E N. Marketing at gmail.com and let me know how I can help you up your social media game in 2021. And welcome to the Makers of Minnesota, where we talk to cool people doing cool things. I am here talking with my friend Jesse Held. He is the founder of Earl Giles. It is a production facility uh, going to eventually be a craft cocktail room. And you are sitting in it right now, and it's this giant facility that's over in Northeast by Able Brewing, Centro, Mm -hmm. indeed, kind of on that row there. What a great location!
1: It is a great location. We um we we couldn't have picked a better spot, I think. Um you know, we have 17,500 square feet of real estate that we're excited to fill with human bodies who are who are ready to just jump out of their skin to get back into bars and restaurants and distilleries and breweries. So we yeah, we're in the middle. I would say we're right in the middle of the of like distillery brewery alley. I mean, we have yeah. You know, there's two distilleries going to be, well, I mean, Austin and Tarazal, we're literally less than a mile apart from each other. So it's going to be awesome.
0: It's great. And I have been a fan of yours for a really long time. You are just one of my most favorite bartenders. Oh. Oh. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Mixologists. I should elevate you, actually. No, uh, I like bartender. I, lo- I like that. You were the first person that when sort of the whole mixology and craft cocktail thing was coming on the scene, you were at a parlor bar when I first experienced you and you were the first person that was like, gave me, I felt like you and Rob Jones, you gave me permission to tell you the spirit that I liked to let you make me things without like having to order, you know, the vodka soda or all the things that I know to order And you made me delicious drinks. But I remember one time you were like, I didn't drink it really. And you were like, do you not like that? And I was like, well, not really. It's not my favorite. (laughs) And you were like, well, then don't drink it. Let me make you something else. Right. And I feel like so many regular folks that there's a barrier to ordering cocktails because they don't know what to order and they don't want to look stupid. And you just we're like, yeah, if you don't like something, just tell me and I'll make you something else. Like my job as a hospitalitarian is to serve you and to make you feel great in my space.
1: Right. I think that that's the one, the one thing, you know, you know, a long time ago when we, when, when I first got into the, the craft bartending world Um, and, you know, it, it wasn't like I, I was cut from the fabric of the craft. I was cut from a fabric of making people feel welcome and and not feeling stupid coming to the bar. Um, so I kind of took like all the the things that um, that I loved about about my job being a bartender, of, you know, just meeting people and getting to know them. And I brought that part of it into the craft world. And once I figured out a little bit more about Mixology and and craft bartending, Um, I knew that it was intimidating for for the average you know the average person coming into the bar. They didn't know what the heck all those things were and what we were doing. So um, it it really it really opened my eyes to you know bartending isn't about what's in the drink; it's about who's picking up the drink. And and I really wanted to focus on making people feel comfortable and and bringing them into the world. A little bit at a, at a time, you know, small bites, small bites. Not, you know, don't put the whole cookie in your mouth. Just take a little bite. Um, and and I really wanted to focus on 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 customers and guests coming in and, and 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 really breaking down barriers of of hospitality. Like at the at the day's end, it's all about hospitality, right? It's all about making people feel awesome uh, and feeling good about themselves. And it's not my job as a bartender to tell you what to drink. Right, my job make you feel good about what you are drinking. So I think that has always kind of been um, how I how I went about uh, my job and and my um, responsibility. I, I guess as as a craft bartender. Um, how long be, have you?
0: How long have you been trying to get this craft room or craft cocktail room underway?
1: Oh my goodness gracious! <clears throat> it has been literally. Uh, we counted uh, the, about a month ago. We were like, "How long have we been doing this?" We've been working on this project. It's coming up on five years this April. Wow! So um, it's been it's been a, it's been a journey for sure.
0: And you one. have you have this cocktail room that you're looking to open an event center. I mean, there's obviously yeah. going to be a lot of room for events there. And, and yep. in the meantime, you're producing product and you have product in liquor stores and you have product. Mm-hmm. I just saw some of your ginger syrup up at um, Loon. Was it Loon? No, Lakeside Liquors up in Ely, yep. Minnesota. Yeah. And he was really he was like, oh, you got to try this stuff if you like a Moscow mule. <laughs> well,
1: that's great. That's great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we uh, we're doing a lot of everything that we do right now is a uh, non-alcoholic. Um, whether it's a a cocktail mixer, a syrup, a jar, ginger beer. um, And we're just trying to bridge the gap from now until we're able to open that tap room and, 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 you know, full on kitchen, full on bar, the whole deal. So um, yeah, we, we've been doing, we've been doing the non-alcoholic thing for a long time. Um, We've been Earl Giles for only five years, but we've been doing this non-alcoholic cocktail mixer thing for over a decade. So it's, it's just kind of a natural transition for us.
0: It's so needed right now. I mean, people are just so challenged at home trying to make home cocktails and, you know, yeah. being able to have a syrup or a shrub or a can that you can mix with something is fantastic. Yep. When your room opens, will you be using all different kinds of spirits or will you eventually make your own spirits?
1: We are going to make our own spirits and we will only be using our own spirits. Okay. Uh, So yeah, that's, that's exciting. Um, we not only are we going to be using our own spirits, but you know, all of our NA mixers and stuff that we've been doing for a long, long time is going to be part of the arsenal. So, I mean, everything except for the actual glass that you are picking up is going to be made by us, which is pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, it is pretty awesome.
1: The spirits, the bitters, the, the sugars, um, even the mixers, like the soda waters, we're going to make, uh, A a bunch, not just ginger beer, but a bunch of different like flavored tonics and flavored soda waters and and all those kinds of things, too. So everything that you're going to drink and eat, for that matter, uh, in our building is going to be made made by us.
0: Will we be able to purchase like this tonic water at your place?
1: Yes, everything that you will. Yep. Everything that you're going to be able to um, drink and eat at our place, you'll be able to take. uh, We'll be able to sell off sale off sale to you all, too.
0: Okay. And then liquor, you'll have to be the 350 mil, whatever the yep. archaic, ridiculous yeah. Laws are. But.
1: Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to follow all those rules. But um, hopefully by the time we open or shortly thereafter, you know, some rules and laws will hopefully get a little bit more lenient. Least, yeah, we're some, sure hoping. That's, that's our hope. Yeah.
0: Um, do you have a targeted opening season? <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's a, I love that. Opening season. season. That stuff. That's great. Uh, we are shooting, we are targeting, um, mid to late spring. So, you know, that June Julyish, um, late spring, early summer kind of time frame. That's what we're throwing a dart at right now.
0: I love that. So season, I feel like gives you about 90 days. <laughs> yeah, I love it. That's perfect. So it's opening season. Um, who inspired you in this business? Cause you've been around the block. You're one of the sage wisdoms to that's, that's kind of say steps. that I'm just
1: old. Is that that's a very kind of you?
0: <laughs> no, it just means you've been around. Come on. Sometimes we got to work with what we got.
1: That's who true.
0: inspired you to take this step?
1: You know, that's a, that's a really great question. Um, I think to take this big giant step to, you know, kind of, you know, set aside my nookie blankie, you know, of bars and restaurants that I've been so familiar with for the last 25, almost 30 years, um, and step outside of that comfort zone and get into something my own and running it my own way and distilling, getting on the supplier side of things. Um, I would have to say the big push, my big inspiration, the person who, um, really said to me, you need to do this and you can do this. Would be my former boss, Brent Frederick. Um, You know, Brent runs a very successful uh, restaurant group at Jester Concepts. We opened a lot of bars together, and he trusted me to he trusted me with with his bar programs to design, train people, hire people, uh, and basically run them. Um, And I learned a lot about the business aspect of restaurants, um, and and just the 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 way things work. Um, and, and, and we experience how things don't work too. So, um, I would say Brent would be the driving force behind my, my want and, and, and thought of that I could actually do this. I I don't, I don't think I could, uh, I I know for a fact that I wouldn't be sitting here today talking to you about this project if Brent Frederick hadn't. Um, come into my life so
0: it's funny uh, I owe that a lot of- you, yeah and it's funny that you mention him because I've talked with a lot of restaurant and manufacturing people and just sales people just tons of people in my life right I've been a homie in the Twin Cities for a long time mm-hmm. and when I first met him and I think I met him because we were going to work on an event or something together I remembered leaving that conversation and thinking wow this was a really different type of restaurateur than I've ever met. Like he felt Mm -hmm. very, he was very smart. He was savvy about his business, but he also seemed really like he got the ecosystem of what it takes to be successful, that it's not just the revenue or the investors, that it's really comes down to the smallest little detail in the dining experience. And I just, I came home and my husband and I were in the restaurant business long before we started doing other stuff. And I said to him, I met someone today that you know how you know that they're just one of those people that really get it and they're going to be successful. I said, I met someone like that today. And it reminded me of my husband because he always had this 360 view of things that I did not have. I was a little more myopic. And I just was really (laughs) impressed by him. And I remember telling Stephanie March, like, Hey, have you ever met Brett Frederick? And she was like, yeah. I said, you know, that guy, he's someone to watch. And she was like, Oh yeah. So I'm glad that he inspired you.
1: He he did. He really, you know, I, when I got introduced to Brent, um, and he, you know, pitched the idea of this was before Burrow and Parlor. you know, this was, you know, way long time ago. And he pitched the idea of what he wanted to do in in the north loop with burrow and parlor parlor wasn't even a thing then but with burrow and the more i got to talk to him and the more that i got to like really like understand what you know he's a former bartender himself so he was he's we were kind of cut at, from the same fabric from the hospitality fabric where it's not about numbers it's not about you know your your liquor costs and your food costs and your labor cost i mean sure that's that you need to control those to be successful. But his big driving thing was it's about the guests and about his employees and, and, and how do you take care of them? Because if you take care of your, your, your staff, your staff's going to take care of your guests. Your guests are going to be taken care of. Yeah. They're always going to come back. And that, that whole like, cycle of life in the restaurant world is so, so important. And, and he really um, understands that. He really uh, taught that to me in a, in a more in-depth, more business kind of way. And and for that, I was able to do, hopefully, good things uh, in this big, gigantic yeah. space.
0: It's interesting because it, I've always been in sales and sales and marketing. And one of the things that a lot of managers get wrong in sales is they totally focus on, like, did you make your, your number this week? And did you make your number this month? And, you know, they were always obsessed about the number and how much business you wrote that week. When really... It's in its a similar analogy. If you focused on the activities of making the contacts, of making the cold calls, of scheduling the appointments, of writing proposals, all of the end result of that came together. But if you, you know, just had like one big client who wrote a big order and then you coasted for five days, yeah. The people that kept their head down and they just worked their contact lists and developed new contacts. So I was, as a sales manager, always really focused on the activities, not the end result. Because what can you control, you know?
1: Yeah, that's a hundred percent right. And it's I am so grateful, and I'm so blessed to have Brent as a not, you know, as, as a friend, of course, but as a as a consultant, someone that I can lean on for advice about how to run a business because he's yeah. done it for a long time, and Jester is nothing but been successful in in this market. So who better to learn from than someone who's been there, done that and success and succeeded at it. So I'm so grateful for it.
0: In terms of your non-alcoholic products that are in, in liquor stores. And I know bars and restaurants are using them. You've got a couple different sales channels. Mm -hmm. Do you have a distributor that's selling that for you or?
1: Not yet. Um, We actually, it's funny you say that that's things that we've been talking about in our recent meetings. Um, uh, We're getting to the point where I think a distributorship partner Uh, will help us a lot um, because right now we're self-distributor. You know, if someone calls us today and says, Hey, I want five cases of ginger beer delivered. It's us. It's me delivering it. You know, it's, it's Jeff Berkeley delivering it um, where, you know, if it's only two guys out there doing it, we are very limited in, in that capacity. So um, being able to work with a distributor partner, I think is in our very imminent future. Um, So we're able to, you know, throw a bigger net.
0: uh, Yeah. And I think, Y- you're going to have your hands full, obviously, yeah. when you start dealing with employees yep. and yep. Um, as as the, you've been a bar manager before, you know, how many employees do you think you guys will have?
1: Um, I think that's, that's another great question. I th- We think that we're going to have, um, when it's all said and done, you know, with the production, with the distillery, with, you know, front of the house, restaurant stuff, with kitchen stuff, uh, we think we'll have anywhere between 50 and 70 employees, we want to say. That's so, going
0: to be too many for you to be driving up to Ely right. to deliver cases <laughs> a ginger beer
1: friend, right? Um, luckily, my business partner Jeff Urkula has a cabin up in that neck of the woods, so every time that oh he know, does, he, yeah, so every time that they want an order of ginger beer, he is very quick to say I'll be there, I'll be there tomorrow. Um, well, just so, uh,
0: text me if you ever need delivery because I'm up that way a lot too. Sounds great. Sounds uh, be happy. We'll,
1: we'll, we'll put you on the payroll staff.
0: Yeah, I'd be happy to drop stuff off. Um, what is your best seller right now? Is it ginger beer?
1: I would say so. I would say ginger, I would say anywhere between you know, it yeah, definitely I would say ginger beer is is our is our big mover. Peel and seal, the our peel and seal old fashioned syrup is not far behind though. I mean, we you know, that is the secret ingredient for a lot of uh, a lot of people's old fashions, parlors and full fashions included. Um, that was the drink that kind of you know, I've worked with peel-and-seal syrup for uh, since I was at Town Talk, um, and it really kind of took off for me once I got in the parlor and made that old-fashioned, and people loved it. So, yeah, I'd say peel-and-seal is right, right on its heels.
0: God, I forgot you were at Town Talk. How sad was that oh, when that place, during yeah, the George Floyd murders and uprising, became normal? Yeah,
1: well. that was uh, that was awful, you know. I drove by it probably a couple months ago, just, I was in that part of town making some deliveries and I, and I drove by, and I had seen it before, before that, when it was in shambles and I drove by and it's just an empty lot right now. And it just, it broke my heart. You know, a lot of, a lot of us that, you know, you mentioned Rob Jones and Nick Kosovich and, you know, uh, a lot of us worked at Town Talk that's where we got our start. You know, the, the Pip Hansons, the, the, you know, the Adam Harns, we all got our start there and it, I always said Town Talk was like the petri dish of of craft bartending because we all started there, and when we we left there, we all went on to do our own thing and create these these other drinking em- uh, drink emporium. So, um, yeah, it's pretty sad to drive. You were by in
0: you were in really good company. I feel that way about my time at City Pages because so many journalists and critics and writers and great authors have just spawned out of that newspaper. And now it's defunct, and it's just sad. Uh, every time I see my City is, Pages merch, I get sad.
1: It is sad. It's it's sad. You know, I, I'm very fortunate. I get to work every day shoulder to shoulder again with Nick Kasovich, who is a is a is a mentor of mine, and, and and we, you know, that's where I met Nick, and that's where I got to really fall in love with with bartending again and hospitality more so so yeah it it's it's sad, but you know, hey, we all get older, and we all move on, and
0: yeah, and what out of the ashes, the literal ashes for a lot of people has been opportunity. I hope there'll be more opportunity and obviously opportunity that's diverse for people, yeah. um but i I know when we're up and out of this coronavirus and just this political turmoil and strife, that we will be more aware and better people because of it, I think.
1: I, I agree 100 percent I, I think uh this is a unprecedented time of all of our lives you know whether it's social unrest whether it's political whether it's you know you know uh, health it, it's it's all like it's just a grab bag of awfulness and how do you
0: stay grounded yeah you, you know that's
1: a, I, I am grateful that i have um uh, a great support system at work here with with the people around me like brent you know Uh, I have two amazing teenage daughters at home that I feel so bad for that they're not able to go to school and hang out with their friends. So we make the best of it with, with what we have. And, you know, it's just, uh, it's sometimes it's got to disconnect. And I think as much as I want to stay plugged into societal, you know, uh, unrest and and unjust, you know, sometimes you just gotta be like, you know what? I'm not going to turn TV on today. I'm not going to get on social media i we're just going to, we're going to hang out. We're going to watch star Wars until we all fall asleep. You know, yep. it's all, it's, it's, it's just kind of one of those things where um, I love my kids. I love, I love my family. And, and sometimes we just gotta, you know, just gotta do it. Just gotta do the the family thing once in a while.
0: You have um, with two teenage daughters at home and being in a business that is really, once it gets up and running, it's late nights, it's weird hours. Have you thought about how you will try and balance that with your family life?
1: Well, they, they, they want to work for me. So (laughs) (laughs) um, I am trying to discourage that. I'm trying to discourage them from getting into the industry. Um, uh, But I think in some capacity, they will be uh, working next to me, um, or at least being being next to me. uh, A lot of the time, you know, I'm very fortunate where they're going to be once we do open and I do get those weird hours again, that they'll be at a spot in their life old enough to know that it, that's just how it is. Yeah. That, that, that's all they know. That's all they've ever known their whole life is dad works weird hours. Yeah. And, and that's and all think Mondays. Yeah, exactly. So, but I think they're excited to be at the age that they're at to see this whole thing happen and be a part of it as young women who maybe someday when dad wants to retire that they can carry on that, that legacy that hopefully we'll, we'll establish here.
0: It's pretty cool to think about that. Isn't it? Like, this, yes. yeah, just the, what you can leave behind um, when you get open, like tell us, just walk me through a little bit about what it's going to feel like in there.
1: Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a, that's great. That's a great question. Cause I think about that every single day, <laughs> what it's going to be like in, I if if anybody out there who's ever been to a a restaurant that I've been behind the bar at, I want, first and foremost, I want everybody to feel like it's theirs. I don't want, it's not going to be a a formal, it's going to be a place where you want to come with a group of people, casually hang out, have some laughs, have a lot of laughs, have a good time. Um, You're going to walk in the door um, and it's going to be, Fun atmosphere. It's going to be very colorful. It's going to be a lot of textures and fabrics. Jeff and I, who are both half Mexican, we wanted to bring in kind of that um, that Central American feeling into the space with a lot of colors and a lot of you know uh, vibrant vibrance to it, and just a lot of like emotion that, that we get to connect with, uh, with our heritage. And then at the end of the day, you get to have a really great cocktail. We're gonna have a full kitchen. So we're going to sling pizzas and, and bar snacks out of there. So we won't have to have a food truck. Um, everything that we're going to do is inside. We're going to give tours. We're going to have, you know, I'm going to be very open and transparent with walking people through our, our production space and, being able to touch and feel things it's it's not gonna be a stuffy it's, it's just not it's gonna be it's gonna be me it's gonna yeah, be me I like it's that. gonna be Jeff. and we are very open and we like to hug people and we like to shake hands and and welcome people and hopefully by that time we open we can hug people and shake hands again we'll, yeah exactly we'll see.
0: it'd be great um,
1: but i i think i think earl giles distillery is going to be one of those places where you know you've mentioned town talk where you walked into town talk and you just felt like you're part of the, of the brotherhood or the, or the sisterhood. And I think that's the one thing that Jeff and I are very conscious about is we want to make sure that we carry on that, that, that torch of making everybody feel like it's theirs. Are you
0: already making liquor?
1: No, we actually, Jeff is in Mexico right now. He's been there for a week and he's going to be there for another week. And he is uh, he's got a, he's got a a connection down there uh, with a distillery. So he's down there right now, making liqueurs and learning processes and, And uh, recipe development, all that. So he's doing things at other facilities right now. Us as Earl Giles, we are not making spirits yet. But Jeff is definitely active in it.
0: When you decide to make spirits, or when you do, is it? Does everybody make vodka first, and then (laughs) gin? And like, I mean, there must be a trajectory for how that goes. And will tequila be part of your profile with your heritage?
1: So wh- to answer your first question, yeah, pretty much vodka is the first thing you make because it is the base for a lot of the liqueurs line, the, the liqueurs that you're going to make. So once you establish a good foundation of, of a neutral grain spirit, your liqueurs kind of just can't help but be good. And then of course, gin. Yeah. Cause gin, you know, obviously gin is made from a neutral grain spirit itself. So if you have a good space with a neutral grain spirit or a vodka, your gin is 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 the next thing in line. As far as tequila goes, we can't make tequila up here because legally. it has to
0: be from Jalisco. Is that
1: correct? Okay. Correct. It Has to be. Uh, yep. Um, but you can make an agave spirit up here uh, and and not call it tequila. Uh, and that's something that we have talked about. Um, it is quite expensive to import a lot of the uh, agave uh, uh, ingredients that you would need to make it.
0: Yeah. So hopefully.
1: Hopefully, eventually, um, that's something that we will be in a position to do. Uh, cross your fingers because if if we're able to do that, that means we're doing something right. So
0: it'd be so cool to have like a craft. A, we'll call it agave spirit program.
1: Yeah, it would be. It'd be amazing. Like that's something that Jeff and I would would. Oh my gosh, it'd be amazing. We would love it. We would love it.
0: When you are, do you, are I I assume that I can't remember if you still do you still drink. I was wondering if you. I do. Did or didn't. Okay. I, I know some people have taken the sobriety journey here through the coronavirus.
1: Yeah.
0: A lot of people got real clear about what they were doing and how they wanted to move forward. One of the things I am a big drinker. And <laughs> yeah, I just do you have it. a
1: glass of wine in front of you right now.
0: No, I do have <laughs> coffee, but okay. you know, I, I was always very much in the restaurant industry and, you know, having wine with every meal and really appreciating craft cocktails. And when I, when all of a sudden we couldn't go anywhere and we were at home, I was making stuff, but it wasn't very good. And then I was like, okay, I just had to sort of check myself because I felt like was drinking too much because I could, because there was <laughs> nothing else happening. Not be able and- to do, right? Yeah. So I really, I think, feel like I'm heading into a better place with that after eight months because I think the first three months I was just so depressed and sad and scared. And yeah. so I'm kind of coming out on the other side of that. But so much of the mocktail side or trying to, I, I didn't want to just drink soda pop and I didn't just want to drink juice because that's boring. And how much LaCroix can one person drink? So I really <laughs> have appreciated all of the Mocktail um, syrups and the different things that you guys make because it makes me feel like I'm still having a food experience or a craft cocktail experience, but without the liquor.
1: Yeah, that's that. that was a big that that was that was a big focus for us, especially during this pandemic. Is a lot, and you're, not, you're you're definitely not alone, Steph. I mean, there's a lot a lot of people out there who were in the same boat where. The first two months, you know, three months, it was just drink, 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 and then they're like, "Wait a minute! I can't do this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill myself." Yeah. So um, that was a focus on us was to, was to still provide a high quality product, but at the end of the day, to make sure that not everybody uh, that everybody understands that you don't have to mix it with vodka or you don't have to mix this stuff with gin or a tequila. You can actually take our product. Pour it in a glass, top it off with a tonic water, with a soda water, or some kind of sparkling cider, or something that's non alcoholic, and it's still gonna be delicious and it's still gonna look like a cocktail. So, if you want the appearance of I'm drinking still, you can still Instagram it. You can, you know, all these things that you're able to do with a cocktail, you are for sure able to do with a non-alcoholic drink. And that was a big, a big push for us. You know, with our disco citrus, we, we just came out with early, uh, not too long ago to make sure that people can garnish their drinks with a blingy, you know, uh, a bedazzled piece of citrus. Um, it doesn't have to be alcoholic. I mean, those are, those were really important things for us to make sure people understood was, hey, you don't have to drink every day. Yeah. uh booth every day but you, you you can you can drink really great stuff still without the disco having...
0: citrus is a a dried like citrus that has a gold dust on it it's really yeah pretty.
1: so uh, i i have to i i have to blame nick koswich for that
0: <laughs> it's screamed <laughs> he, he, nick
1: yeah he he well he's the garnish king so he uh He brought this thing to us. He's like, hey, what do you guys think of this? And it was a dehydrated, I think it was an orange, the first one he brought to us. Or it's a pineapple. It was a dehydrated pineapple that he had dusted with a gold baker's um, luster. So it's all edible. And it was the coolest thing I've ever seen. And then you put it in a drink and the glitter falls off into the drink. So the drink is all glittery too. So it's pretty cool. It's really cool.
0: I love it. Well, I'm really excited for you to be opening in the spring ish, early summer season. Yep. And I appreciate your time today. I will look forward to hopefully circling back after you've been open for a little bit just to talk about some of the lessons and some of yeah. the things that uh, changed based on what you thought from here. Well, you'll um, be
1: the first to probably get a little preview, Steph. I mean, I hope so. Have- we're gonna have all of our all of our friends, you know, uh, friends and family come in through the space. I'd love to give you, you know, a, a sneak peek and 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 do your thing.
0: I hope so. I've really enjoyed. I feel like we are so fortunate to have such a great distilling community. The beer community is great too. Um, we just we're this is a great food town, and I feel I I don't want to be negative because I feel sad about how much we've lost. Yeah, but I also way. feel like to take that those losses and to try to pick ourselves up and figure out what the next iteration looks like that maybe is more sustainable maybe is more sustainable wages uh sustainable lifestyles i don't know but i feel like we've got all of these great people in town that are ready to move into what that looks like and to just start doing things different like we don't have to keep doing it like we always did
1: no. And I think that's the thing that Jeff and I and uh, in, in our team has really focused on is, you know, let's let's do it our way, but let's do it not the old way. I mean, with, you know, more inclusion, um, less exclusion, uh, being more diverse, you know, being more socially aware of who we're hiring, why we're hiring them, um, just all those things like it's, it's so important to move forward. And and it kind of give our industry a rebirth of sorts in in a much more happy environment and inclusive environment, and it, it can't it can't can't go back to the way it used to be. It has to be sustainable, like you said. And the only way to do that is to take what we've learned and what we did wrong in the past and and make it better.
0: And I think you know some people get kind of threatened by that idea, and I I've had to examine my own personal beliefs and. At some point, I was like, you know, all anybody's asking us to do is just to move over, to slide down yep. on the bench and leave them a seat. Yep. You know, they still have to do the hard work. There still has to be a lot that happens. But if we can just create some space on the bench, yep. like that's all that. And think about the people that created space on the bench for us, right? Your are Brent Frederick, my people you know, I, I just think it's incumbent upon me to just always have that analogy in my head about people are just asking me to slide over and make room on the bed.
1: Yep. And hey, there's a, there was a time when somebody took a chance on me and gave me an opportunity Yep, and and I am so grateful for that person, whoever that person was way back then. I didn't realize <laughs> to say, hey, you know, you have potential to be a good bartender. So and then it all it all happened with Brent, you know, and and it, now it is my responsibility to 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 do that for many, many more people. Yeah, so I agree 100 percent.
0: Well, I look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks for spending time with me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. And I'll yep. see you very soon. I hope to hope the hope is to see you very soon.
0: I hope so too. With a mask probably, <laughs> but nonetheless. Yeah. We'll but see you. Maybe we soon. can hug one when I see you next. Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: See you soon. Bye. Bye bye, Seth. Thank you.